0: Wagwan Dreadlocked Dynasty. If you haven't heard, episode 2 broke the law, but we can't be stopped. Today we bring you episode number 4. Welcome to the Mid-Season Show. In this episode, we reflect on the highs and the lows. We are recapping the biggest winjuries, and we see who's making it splash during free agent bidding. Mo' power, mo' problems, we look at the rises and fallers in the power rankings and catch up with a very special guest over the phone. Let's not forget about the trading man, Brad Lovelock is back with his usual shenanigans. So pass the Dutch hip on the left hand side Dreadlock Dynasty, we hope you enjoy the show.
1: Dynasty podcast number four. Number today four. we're on location. Um, Petey is here with me. Hey Brad, how you doing? Good man. How are you? Nice, nice. A new location today. Yeah. Uh, we're at the
0: what we call the country club, uh, which is the the gym
1: that you and I attend. That's right. We. Um, paint a bit of a picture. It's uh, one of these new lifestyle clubs that's happening. Um, Probably Canberra's only one at the moment and it's linked in with the Tennis Academy and um, all those sorts of bits and pieces around here. So we often see a couple of tasty morsels and a couple of um, other things on display. Yeah, it's it's quite nice
0: after a workout to just um, have a beer and sit by the pool and see Nick
1: Kyrgios out there having a bat. Indeed. Or, or, a, or a hit, we should say. Yeah, a hit, because he definitely is uh, a batter, that's for sure. So, yeah. um, Welcome. We'll, we'll post a couple of uh, pictures and videos as a um, bit of a, you know, paint the picture for you guys so you can see just how nice it is on location for us when we're recording this, and um, yeah.
0: Yeah, special commentary today is by Shao Kahn.
1: Yes. Uh, I, from yeah, Mortal
0: Kombat. Yep. Yeah. If you're familiar with the game out there. Um, so Shao Khan, let's get us started. One fight. All right, so with each round we're going to talk about the three top moments We're gonna go through who are the biggest winjuries. We won't go through them all because there's been absolute carnage each week Absolute carnage and we'll also talk about who are the big spenders now We're gonna define a big spender as someone that splashed more than $25 in, in one bid. Yep quarter of their annual Fab dollars. Yeah, that's some high rollers right there. <laughs> all right, so Top three moments of round one. Now, the Fantasy Gods, they've favoured Rambro in week one. Ben won with just 130 points, so he's defeated Geordie who could only manage 128. Now outside of Geordie, how many teams do you think Ben defeats with a score of just 130 points?
1: I'd have to say none, Pete, I couldn't imagine he beats (laughs) too many
0: others besides Geordie. That would be right, so um, the, the Fantasy Gods are on Ben's side early. Indeed play number two. So, fresh out of the salty Booglyagga Boys division, Laurie Beard, our man Chips,
1: he's exploded with 227 points. What a start. Unbelievable, this score here, Pete. Uh, Kareem Hunt, who I gave absolutely next to zero chance of being successful this year, bursts onto the scene with 49 fantasy points, which is, you know, that's Lev Bell numbers, um, and then some. So, I mean, I don't think anybody saw that coming, really, and... um, Opening
0: night, I think that game was, and...
1: A Thursday special. Yeah, it it was. Buck the trend.
0: Buck the trend took everyone by surprise.
1: Impressive.
0: And the number one play for this round was a commission bowl matchup. So myself, Cool Runnings, took on the commish, the Yarra Villains. Talk us through what happened here, Brad.
1: Yeah, so this one, um, great way to start off the year, actually, with you and um, the Kamish. Scoreboard shenanigans, of course. So we're all watching the final results come through. Hutch takes out the win by 0.1 on game day. Ouch! Brutal for you. It was brutal. There's nothing worse than losing by such a small margin. And sure enough, he jinxed himself by basically saying he's just awaiting a score change to um, adjust the result. And sure enough... Yeah, score correction to Corey Toomer, and you took out the win, mate, so...
0: Yeah, lucky win. Um,
1: Yeah, he certainly called it, didn't he, Hacho? Um, yeah. he,
0: he felt pretty bad initially beating me by z- uh, 0.1 points. Um, but I try to make him feel good about himself. Like, this is what fantasy is all about, losing by 0.1. It is, it
1: is. It's, um, it's a brutal game, fantasy.
0: Yeah, and uh, Hacho and I, we also had a side bet in this game... Uh, So Hacho owns the Bengals' safety, Sean Williams, who was out for the first few weeks, I believe. Yep. Uh, So we had a battle here of who's the replacement. My man was Clayton Fiedelum, and he had his money on Josh Shaw. So we battled it out for a beer, and they both kind of stunk it up.
1: (laughs) Wasn't great.
0: No, you couldn't really say one replaced Sean Williams, but... Fiatalum came through with five points and Shaw had two points, so
1: the Peronis were on Hutch that week. That's a a cheeky little win on the side there. to to double blow to Hutch, unfortunately. And just on the subject of side bets, this one, um, Brad Butler and I, we we loosely made a side bet at the start of this season. We probably need to flesh out exactly if it still stands and what the exact rules of this side bet were. But we had a little cheeky uh, naming rights bet for the 20... 2018-2019 2018 2019 season, and that was based on who out of Rex Burkhead and Mike Gillisley would be the um, leading running back for the Pats this year. So, okay, well, I guess that started off with Gillisley. Um, Gillisley shot out of the gates well, and I sort of thought to myself, well, this side bet could be working my way, but as of um, last week, Gillisley was missing, and Rex Burkhead had a um, lion's share of the work. so Stay tuned, this one could well play out. Okay. Um, so naming ending, rights, did you say that? Naming rights yeah. for the other person's team, so um, could be brutal. Alright,
0: uh, so who are the biggest winjuries of this round?
1: Um, first off, your boy A-Rob um, from ah, the Jags. Ah. Season-ending ACL, mate.
0: Yeah, first catch
1: of his uh, season,
0: I think. So thanks for coming, A eh, Rob? Um, catch you next year, buddy.
1: That hurts. Um, but nowhere near as much as his next one, who I think ruined many, many fantasy teams everywhere because this guy probably went at the 101 in most drafts. So that was uh, DJ David Johnson, uh, dislocated wrist. And that um, goes to our man... Brad Butler, do you yeah. feel unlucky?
0: <laughs> Definitely feeling unlucky early
1: on when your stud running back goes down. Yeah, that's um, that's basically almost a season ender right there when you have based everything around that guy.
0: Yep. All right, uh, big spenders now. Twenty eight dollars was spent on Ramon Humber by yourself, Brad. Hey,
1: big spender! Indeed. Um, funny story. This one, I picked him up early in this preseason. He was marked as a special teams guy. Nobody really knew what he was going to do. I had a conversation with you the day before waivers. And right. I thought, and you know, we sort of discussed, yeah, he's probably not that much of a hold. Can't afford to drop him. 30 years old. 30 years old. Wasn't really putting any writing on the wall. And then next minute explodes game one, um, I think for about 24 points or That's something. Right, yeah. All of a sudden, I had to get back into the <laughs> buddy <laughs> waiver race. So... Uh, twenty eight dollars. Yeah, and I think I just beat out um the commish by one dollar.
0: We, we believe the commish put in a twenty six
1: dollar bid
0: on that one. Yeah. And, um Humber, he 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 did very well even after that first round, but yeah. unfortunately got hurt because uh, this is fantasy football and people get hurt.
1: Broken hand
0: on the field, off the field, hearts get broken. <laughs> Killing me. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, twenty seven dollars was another bid by the commish. He picked up Ron Parker, safety from the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I think that was on the back of, a yeah, massive um, point gain in week one again. So 21 points in week one um, and then has basically done nothing since. So unsure of the value of the investment there, but, um, you know, Hutch wanted to splash out a bit to try and get a couple of stud defensive guys. So. Yeah,
0: well, I think it's a good strategy early on. Um, to wait and see who the defenders are. Yeah. And you
1: got to wait those first couple of weeks you to sort it probably out. probably three weeks under the belt to ensure it's a, a regular production thing. So.
0: Round two, fight! Top moments of round two. Now, Brad, you've gone on to score the highest score of the week with 209 points, yet two of your guys laid an egg.
1: The damn goose egg. Uh... B.J. Goodson and Jordy Nelson, of all two people, 2 a thought? donut. Um, I was generally banking on both of those guys for a sort of at least minimum 10 points each, if not more. So obviously could have scored a lot more that week. But, yeah, 209, happy with that. But obviously carrying donuts is not the way to win fantasy football games. Not ideal. Number two top player of the round,
0: Laurie Beard and Kareem Hunt. They are the real deal. So their season continues... With a great opening surge, 192 points for the Lorry Beard and Kareem Hunt, another big score with 28 points.
1: Yeah, um, look, any time your RBs are scoring 28 points, you're generally pretty happy. That's, yeah. um, you know, it's getting up towards the value of two players or the extreme elite. So, again, Kareem Hunt defies my initial predictions on the season and, I mean, Chips sort of out of nowhere is basically pushing himself up for, you know, a bit of promotion. And yeah. Uh, I think it was a shock
0: early start. It's like, who's this chips guy? Yeah. Out of nowhere, he's putting up these massive scores. So it was pretty exciting for the league, I think. Yeah, definitely. All right. Now, the top moment for the week. The fantasy gods are back. They've favored Julian this time, who won with just
1: a 132 points. Who did he beat? Uh, another low ball score here. Um,. But you guessed it, he's beaten my Zach Ball Ertz, Ball Zach Ertz, whatever he calls himself, Geordie. Um, he's managed to only scrape together 125 in round two.
0: Yeah, and once again, um, besides Geordie, how many teams do you think Julian beats this week with a score of 132? I'm going to have to stick with my initial answer in round one. He's not beating anybody. He's not beating anybody. Yeah. Beat of, anybody.
1: yeah
0: Tough um, start to poor
1: old Geordie. Now, the biggest winjuries of the week, who have we got? Uh, big Quan Alexander, um, this fellow was an absolute stud in last year's uh, scoring, I think Hutch traded for him and Tanner Hill and That's someone right, else yeah. I think and um, basically lost You know the crux of both of the stars of that trade to injury yeah, almost as soon start. as it happened, yeah. Terribly unlucky Hutch, um, but yeah Quan Alexander was the big one there. And Greg Olsen, Carolina's tight end. He's usually good for a bunch of points every week.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: So Dan lost him to a broken foot. Unlucky, Dan. Now, who are our big spenders? So this week, Blake. Hey, big spender. Uh, Rashad Higgins, the Cleveland wide receiver. $38 Thirty-eight dollars. Now that is a fair investment. A big chunk of money, right there. Blake, he's got a lot of, he's got deep pockets. He's very deep pockets. Now Higgins, funnily enough, I drafted this guy in our startup draft. Oh really? Uh, okay. I'd read some good mail on him. He was, you know, coming through with another young fella in Cleveland. There, obviously, yeah. couldn't keep him on my roster because he did absolutely nothing last season. Yeah. So got you the dropped promotion him on pretty early. Did yeah, you? dropped him fairly early on, I think. So. Okay. Uh, got the promotion back into the starting side with a couple of injuries, I think, to Cleveland. Exploded for 19 points, hence Blake preparing to splash out, yep. assuming that would continue. However, he's gone on to average something like two points, so uh, he's been rightly dropped.
0: Yeah, fair enough, and you, you do this sometimes, you know, you, you want to get your hands on that next guy that
1: explodes, so fair enough. Next big spender, our boy Geordie splashed out not too much less, uh, $35 on Derek Kindred, the Cleveland safety. So both Cleveland obviously had a good um, stat week this week. Yeah. So that's um that's some big points, uh, big dollars there, sorry. Yeah, so Derek
0: Kindred, you know, he was looking like a reliable safety, um, averaging 12 points a game at this point, and he's, he's taken a bit of a dip lately. He's been averaging six points ever since... Uh, so he's still owned, I believe, by Geordie, though uh, he had an alright game in Round 7.
1: Yeah, I did notice that he uh, actually got a back big towards that that you know that score initially, so maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel. Round 3. Fight! OK, now in Round 3,
0: Dan has scored 108 points and narrowly misses the worst losing margin of all time. So he's lost this one by 105 points, just missing out on the all-time record. Now, are you familiar with who owns the the largest losing record, Brad? I'm actually not, Pete. No, no. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, let me take you for a trip down memory lane. It was round one of the playoffs last year. Yeah. Yeah. Now you. Now it's coming back to you. <laughs> So you put up a score of 144 points, which fell short of my 253, which set the largest losing margin of all time at 109 points.
1: Ah, screw you, man. That's, that's that's that's
0: hard. Don't take me back there. Brutality. Play number two for the week. Now, you've put up a massive score here, Brad. 241 points, but you've also
1: laid another donut with Marcus May. The damn goose egg. Uh, the trend continues. So... Obviously, I um, have fallen short of the all-time scoring margin here, uh, the, sorry, the highest score of all time, which is kind of all I'm really gunning for at the moment. I, okay. just, I just can never seem to put the perfect week together to take that. But,
0: uh, You're, not, you're not satisfied with winning every week? No. But...
1: <laughs> no, I just want one of the records. <laughs> um,
0: well, you've got yeah. a record.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I've, I've got the record of biggest losing margin, which is not <laughs> the one I want. It would be offset if I could win um, with, you know, basically the highest score of all time, but... I fell short of yours by 12 points. Yeah, well, interesting to
0: note, before this game, Marcus May was averaging 12 points a game which is all you needed to, to get that record you've been after.
1: Screw you, man. Brutality.
0: Alright, now the top play of the week. Well, it's a sad play of the week, really. Um, Geordie scores the lowest points total of all time with a score of 92. Fatality.
1: Yeah, right. That's disgusting. JR had the previous low score of all time with 111.
0: Yeah, sorry, he's probably pretty happy that, that he's taken that off his hands. Um, yeah, by
1: a fair margin too. Yeah, now interesting to note that if it wasn't
0: for Geordie's 92 this week, um, Dan would have broken the record with his score of
1: 108. So he's pretty happy that Geordie's put up such a stinker then. <laughs> he would be, so um, yeah, you might want to... Buy him a beer, Dan. Buy some beers, Dan. Alright, who have we got for injuries this week? Uh most notable one this week is Darren Sproles from the Eagles. Uh, he broke his forearm, so Maddie loses him. However, I don't think he was putting up huge numbers as it was, but he was definitely serviceable. So Yeah,
0: unlucky there, Matty. Um Now, we didn't have any big spenders this week, uh, but you and I this week, <laughs> so we got a little bit excited about cornerbacks. You've spent $13 on pool,
1: yeah, Brian Poole.
0: Brian Poole. I've splashed $15 on Mills. Jalen Mills. He's gone for seven points and Poole went for three points. So they've both flunked it. What were we on
1: about? Uh, it seems as though the cornerbacks match up dependent are scoring pretty well in this league this year. Uh, I think better than years gone by. Yep. Normally I've sort of been a ignore the quarter, uh, the cornerback rule for some reason I took notice this week and Brian Poole had been putting up some pretty regular numbers and I thought, Well this guy seems to be a bit of a ball hawk. Mm-hmm. You were seeing similar things with Jalen Mills. He was putting up some real big numbers. He was so it. it seemed like the potentially the quarterbacks were picking on these guys because, you know, their skills aren't as good or what have you. Um, and unfortunately our little experiment didn't pay off. So that was a bit of a waste of um, Cash right there. Although I think Mills has done not too bad for you since. Yeah
0: Mills has been serviceable um, Again, like you were saying it's that week-to-week matchup yeah. if you can pick the right week you want to start three cornerbacks Definitely. If
1: definitely. you get it
0: wrong ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: That, that, that gives you a Geordie score
0: Round four Fight. So moving into round four, we're going to give some respect here to Geordie, who breaks the 130-point barrier for the first time on the season. So he's scored 169, which is a, a decent effort, um, but he, unfortunately for Geordie, he was taken down by his good mate Dove, who put up 188. Now Dove's kids, they've, they've graduated from preschool
1: early. Is Dove legit this season? Is it? Is he ready now? I think he's on the cusp. Yeah. Uh, I think probably doing a little bit better than where the initial rankings first placed him. You and I touched on the fact that he had some real potential with his, his running back corps um, at the start of the season. Now, his defence potentially a little bit iffy. Blake Martinez has come shining through for him and is putting up solid numbers every week. Now, these running backs, Mixon, we're still waiting to see the best of Mixon. Yep. Uh, but... Dove's putting up some scores week to week at the moment, so he, he's put himself in the picture.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been impressed by Dove. Um, and as you mentioned, Martinez. I was one of those guys that re- wrote him off completely. Same. Um, my philosophy was you don't get linebackers from Green Bay. You because get... it's all about the safeties. That's <laughs> right. Um, but, you know, respect to Dove. He's held tight to Martinez, and uh, he's putting up the numbers.
1: Paying off. Impressive.
0: All right, moment number two of round four. We've got Ben versus Shane. In the running on ice bowl, now Ben clears two hundred points and Shane chases hard, but a few unexpected events occurred. What went wrong for Shane in this matchup?
1: Yeah, so good matchup between these two boys, and I think they've obviously got a fair history between them. But unfortunately for Shane, Ty Montgomery busted his ribs, so that was a big blow because Ty had been putting up some pretty good numbers week to week. So that that definitely um, took the wind out of his sails there, and then. His uh stud defensive end, Olivio Vernon, got injured as well. I think he hurt his ankle. So look, when anytime you get injuries in a matchup, um, it really does affect the scoring and your your outcome really. So and I mean look, and this was a week where we saw a rare seven points from Antonio Brown. So yeah, I eight, see that I like can do you. Pretty rare A B puts up seven. Yeah. Um, usually he's good for a minimum ten, if not fifteen. So it must have been that round where um Big Ben threw five intercepts, was it? I think it might yeah. have been because Bell stunk as well for me, so okay. it was just I think it was just a bad Steelers week. yeah
0: All right, so yeah, well done, Ben. Um, the running on ice bowl is yours. It is. And we have another commissioner bowl this week. Uh, the Yarra Villains versus the Permian Panthers. Now, in round four, we welcomed Hutcho to the two hundred club for the first time this season, as he defeated Dan. And after having a really rocky relationship early on in the season with his quarterback, Hacho has fallen back in love with Jamis Winston
1: in this game. Yeah, so Winston probably, I don't think that first round buy that they had to basically sit out for the hurricane for helped. Um, but he got off to a fairly slow start. I think a lot of people expected more from Tampa. In the early parts of the season, but I wonder if that's because of Hard Knocks. Could we be. were getting, we were all getting a bit hyped yeah. uh, with
0: Tampa Bay and Hard yeah, Knocks. Yeah, yeah. Um, it could well have been. I fell in love with Jameis myself during that season. Um, yeah. He's so young and he he shows such great leadership.
1: Look, they're a likable well, team, the Bucks. They um they seem to neither fall into the love or hate category, but they're certainly likable. And Winston puts up thirty seven this week, which is a pretty handy score from your quarterback. Definitely. you're happy if you're walking away with that. And uh, Croft, I think it's Tyler Croft from the Bengals. So Hutch dived in and picked him up off waivers for uh, no dollars. So I picked him up for free. Yeah, good work Hutch, 24 points out of
0: someone off waivers. Um, now another point uh, of this game was Dan went against all of his code of ethics by starting a cornerback. And, and I think this is a rule that a lot of us have had until this season. Now he started a guy called PJ Williams. He's from New Orleans he was benched for unknown reasons
1: Yeah, and therefore zero points for Dan yeah um, look that's it's interesting isn't it? Unknown disciplinary reasons, I mean what do you think that might be? Do you, oh, It could be a number of things, um, you know something as tame as being late for training perhaps uh, what, what do you reckon? yeah I think I'll probably headed down the more inappropriate side of things like he rocked up with a suspicious white moustache <laughs> or you know potentially um, had pictures of the coach's daughter on his phone. Ooh, so. uh, yeah. Well, you know,
0: it's a benchable offence. All benchable. <laughs> okay, now, who are the injuries this
1: week? It looks like we've got a few. We do, um, and pretty key ones too. So Derek Carr fractured something in his back. Now that was, that's Maddie's quarterback, so that hurts a bit. However, he, he has made a pretty quick recovery, so That obviously wasn't as serious as they initially thought, but um, the writing was on the wall for it to be, you know, potentially season ending, so. Yeah, some short-term misery there for Danger Zone, uh, also owning Cooper. Definitely, definitely. And Marcus Mariota for the MAC attack, so he injured his hamstring, I think he only missed a week as well, but again, the writing was on the wall of, you know, how does this affect so many of these star players that we come to rely on um, through having a good quarterback behind them, so. Also not too bad outcome there. And but the big one again for Mac Attack, which was a brutal double blow, Dalvin Cook does his ACL and that was the season. So Yeah, that one
0: hurts. He was really starting to get a, a good workload and putting
1: up some good fantasy numbers. Yeah, he he was a stud, actually. Yeah. Like he, he is up there with Kareem Hunt, so Yeah. Good. Unlucky, Blake. All right, now the big spenders. Who's making it splash? Yeah, splashing the cash this week is Dan, banking 36 bucks on Aaron Jones, the backup running back in Green Bay. So that's a really good spend. I think I put in a bid for 30 and I hope to get this guy. Obviously not willing to splash the right amount of cash for me to pick him up. Now, once again, did you draft this guy? Yes. Okay. He was third, third in the basically the the depth chart at okay. Green Bay so, so getting no looks no, no looks. looks it was TY Montgomery and Jamal Williams who Shane yep. um, had both of so I thought yep. look I'll grab him you know there might be a chance obviously realised how far down the depth chart he was and thought there's no point hanging on to this guy yep. and man am I kicking myself because he is a legit running back this fella if Green Bay stick with him he's up there with your Dalvin Cooks and your Kareem Hunts he's been putting up some monster numbers so money well spent, Dan. Um, Thirty six dollars seems
0: like a lot, but the money's there to be spent. You know, you you can't carry it over to the other side. Or you can carry half of it. Yeah. I think the rules are the maximum you can bring into a season is one hundred and fifty. So you got to
1: spend it. Yeah, agreed. And you know, if you don't, someone else will. Which is, you know, how exactly. I missed out on Aaron Jones. Another one, $30 for Jakiz Rogers by Matty. Um, yeah, this was a strange one because uh, Doug
0: Martin was just coming off his four game suspension. Yeah. Um, Rogers was filling in nicely, uh, but, you know, heading straight back to the bench afterwards. So, yeah,
1: very um, interesting ad there, whether or not he just wasn't aware or just thought, you know, look, hey, I'll just grab him in case Martin goes down or doesn't pan out to be what they're hoping. So, yeah. Honorable mentions, $23, Alfred Morris uh, from the Cowboys. So, Dove obviously just picking up um, a bit of protection should Zeke's suspension finally get uh, handed down. So Yeah, well, Dove is heavily invested in the, the Zeke offence. He is. Uh, so I think he's got both handcuffs. I think he does, which is a smart move, really. Yeah. Can't afford not to.
0: Round 5. Fight! Okay, heading into round 5. Now, Brad, you've got another donut here. What's with all the donuts on the year now? You're, you're the
1: donut king right now. <sighs> I love a chocolate donut. So, this time it's Dwayne Allen. So Gronk is a late addition to the injury report for me this week. Uh, bruise or a contusion or something, which I'm assuming is just like a cork in training late in the week. So, uh, Logical always says to me, I've got the handcuff, I start Dwayne Allen. It made sense. It made sense. <laughs> Little do I realise that New England have absolutely no interest in throwing this guy the ball. They purely used him to, to block, block the run. Him. So okay. um, he basically put up a complete stinker for me, but thankfully it didn't cost me the, the result. Now, play number two.
0: So this was, a, this was exciting. So the Permian Panthers and the cool running squads, they battled it out for the all-time highest score record. Talk us through this one.
1: Yeah, so obviously previous record set by you was 252 in that forgettable round one playoff game against me last year. At the conclusion of the Monday games, you're sitting on 250 with Adrian Amos, the Chicago safety, to play. Fresh off waivers. Fresh off waivers. Uh, This guy's eating him up thanks to the fact that Chicago have no linebackers. And Dan sits one point ahead of you on 251 with Everson Griffin, the stud defensive end to play. So, ah, so the, the scene is set for a memorable showdown on a Tuesday. What a great way to spend the working day. How, how I love wasting a Tuesday, particularly just all that you know time through the afternoon just watching scores update. So for Dan, Griffin scores 12 points. So that's, that's pretty serviceable for your, your defensive end. That's a pass mark. So he sets a new record of 263. Nice
0: work, Dan. Well done.
1: However, that was quickly short-lived and um, you came through to set a new record of 266, man. That is unbelievable. So Amos banks you 16 points and you just go on to just rewrite the record books yet again. Well, I wasn't happy about Dan taking my record. I wanted it back. Touché. And... I mean, jeez, it's going to take someone a little while to pass that mark. Yeah, well, you know, anything can happen
0: in fantasy football, and this was a fun, fun Tuesday. Um, you know, a few league members were following this one close, so it was, it was good on the banter. And uh, respect to our individual opponents that week, um, Brad Butler and Blake, they put up decent scores, so that meant that they weren't part of the losing margin record. Uh, they escaped that, so uh, it's still yours, buddy. Sorry. Ah. <sighs> asshole Brutality. and the top moment for the week we had jr coming into this round now he was undefeated at this point of the season so he actually has had a pretty good run he's had the lowest points against average of just 142 points now this week he's up against the godfather shane who's put on 166 points so heading into the tuesday game this match is All comes down to the action of Trubisky.
1: Yeah, so JR loves this guy, Mitch Trubisky. I mean, God knows what he's going to turn out to be as a quarterback, but I just love bantering with JR about how shit Trubisky is. But, you know, I could turn out to have egg on my face in, you know, five years' time. However, true to his word, JR starts him after a semi-chub, and it was an okay debut. So Julian slowly starts to peg back Shane's lead, and just when it's starting to look a little bit interesting that this might end up a close result between the two of them. Trubisky throws an interception, which costs the Bears and JR their respective games. So, Ouch. Yeah, Mitch Trubisky. I wonder if he
0: realised that not only did he cost the Bears the game, but he also
1: cost Julian the win. Look, I'm hoping Jr. has him on Twitter and has, yeah. um, you know, trolled him afterwards. You know, there's there's many of these passionate people out there to do that. So fingers crossed. Mitch knows that, um, yeah, he's broken Jr.'s heart. Yeah, he should be aware of that.
0: Uh, so yeah, well done, Shane, uh, on getting the win there. Uh, now,
1: who've we got on the win jury list? Big one is OBJ. <laughs> breaks his leg, so yeah. he's done for the season, so that's another double blow for rush hour. So had Tough it, week. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what quarter he um, broke his leg in, whether it was towards the start or the end of the game, but that could have had a potential um, play on the result of JR's game that week. And another one, JJ Watt, also a season with a leg injury for our, our man Brad Butler, do you feel unlucky? He's definitely feeling unlucky at this point in time. Now the big spenders, twenty nine dollars splashed out by Dove. So he's grabbed Roger Lewis from the Giants on the back of the injuries to OBJ and a couple of other receivers. Yeah, I think
0: all their receiving core got injured
1: that week. Uh, So
0: Roger Lewis appeared to be the next man up, Um, but unfortunately, I think he had one reception for fifteen yards. Uh, So oh, the money's there to be spent. So you (laughs) know you take these risks. uh, So uh, I don't mind it. Round six. Fight! Okay, so play number three for round six. Rambro joins the 200 club, but he's lost. Tough break.
1: How do you lose when you score 200 points? You play me. Ah, uh, oh, there you go. So, I mean, most weeks I'm averaging over 200 at the moment, which is, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty thankful that I've got a team that can put up those kind of numbers. So Even when you're laying donuts. The even, donut when I'm, even when I'm putting up donuts. So,. Yeah, unlucky for Rambro. He he put up a good good score, as you said, and just, just fell to the matchup defeat, unfortunately. So Unlucky. All
0: right. Play number two. The force is real. Clinto marks another entry into the two hundred club and his record is now at four and two. What do you think of Clinto this season?
1: Yeah, look, he's surprised me, Clint. Um he's he's basically got a couple of guys that were potentially there to break out but probably didn't have you know the the support of a lot of the fantasy experts so I think with Deshaun Watson coming in people didn't really know what to expect from the Houston receivers and he's got both Hopkins and Fuller yeah. there so and with the way Deshaun's playing like you know these guys are feeding at the moment and yeah Clint's got a couple of defensive guys putting up numbers as well yeah. and McCaffrey so and Bauman's moved to um place in Oakland now where
0: maybe he's getting more snaps. Yeah, that's
1: right. So I think he's got he's got some good options there. So I think he's there about. I think he's similar to Dove. He's on that cusp. Mm. Um, you couldn't sort of say the entire squad is elite, but it's getting there.
0: Yeah, I like Quinto's team. Um, I've just got a few players noted here. I call them accidental heroes. So Nelson Aguilar was pretty much written off by the fantasy community as a wide player, yeah. as we saw in previous years, but they've moved him into the slot and he's, he's playing really well. And Will Fuller, again, an accidental hero, benefiting, as you mentioned, from Watson. And Andre Hopkins is the comeback kid this season, I reckon. He was pretty down last year. Yeah. Um, but once Watson is under centre, uh, yeah. he's, he's legit again. OK, now the top moment for the round. Heading into the Tuesday game, the margin between Do You Feel Lucky and the Mac Attack Mustangs stands at a massive 156 points. Ooh. Now, Blake has put up 234 and has nobody left to play on the Tuesday. Right. Meanwhile, our buddy Brad Butler, he has Marlon Mack, T.Y. Hilton, Jonu Smith and Adam Vinatieri to play. Now, keep in mind, Brad, the biggest losing, losing record is 109 points and you own it. I can't remind you enough about this. I'm sorry. Brutality. Um, now, talk us through what
1: happens in the Tuesday game. Okay, well thanks for just digging the knife in a little bit deeper. However, this is a slow start in this game between um, these two, so basically it's going end-to-end end with a whole lot of field goals. There's not many touchdowns to speak of, so the stats aren't hugely climbing for mm-hmm. for Brad's team. Um, his players aren't putting up a whole lot of numbers at this point, so basically, by the end of this game, Butler gets two points from T.Y. Hilton, two points from John O. Smith, two points from Marlon Mack, finish him. and ten points from Vinatieri. So that just shows you the kind of game it was. He's he's star studs um, in the offence of putting up two points apiece, and his kicker lands ten. So Yeah, brutal scores there
0: for Brad Butler. So as a result, we have a new record. The largest losing margin is now 138 points which therefore means Blake sets a new record also for the largest winning margin so that means both of us lose a record in this game
1: how's that for a burden off your back though? Boom is all I can say to that, Um, look that was a disgusting record that I never really should have had based on the team that I had going into finals last year so thank you Brad Butler and thank you Blake for basically putting that together Give me some freedom. I feel like I've just taken my undies off and my balls are free.
0: <laughs>
1: Let them hang. <laughs>
0: Cause I'm free. Free bowling. Yeah, I'm free.
2: Free
1: bowling. All right. So, injuries of the week. All right, so these ones, a couple more brutal injuries. Aaron Rodgers, clavicle. Uh, that's Shane's main man gone there. So that was um, a horrible injury. hes I read yesterday, I think it was, he's got something like 13 screws in his oh, clavicle. Man. So uh, I don't think we're probably going to see him again this year, even though they were talking that it was possible. It's um, really unfortunate. And yeah. they were very critical of the the guy that hit him too, weren't they? There's yeah, yeah. a late play. I think so, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that hurts a lot of studs as well, you know, like my Jordy Nelson and Devonte yeah. Adams. Like, these guys were looking all right until uh, Brett Hundley got on board. So
0: Good news for Blake Martinez, perhaps.
1: Definitely, yeah. Emmanuel Sanders, the next one. He's twisted his ankle and he's been out. Uh, this will be second week out for Blake. So um, that hurts because that also hurts my man, Demarius Thomas. So so that'll be double, triple, quadruple team. Yeah, yeah. Sanders really um, opens it up for Demarius to get his catches. So get back Emmanuel. And the last one of that week was Luke Coochley. So I think this is his fourth serious concussion for my ball Zach Hurts. So not good, Um, but I did read yesterday that he's now cleared that concussion protocol. So Good news there for Keeley because, you know,
0: concussion is very serious these days and the concern of his career being over. Yeah, just, just he's
1: hanging over his head with every hit. Yeah, you never like to see that sort of stuff. Uh, big spenders. All right, another big splash from the Kamish Hutcho on the safety from Denver, Justin Simmons. So I dropped this guy literally the couple of days before this game played out and he exploded for something like um, 12 solos or yeah, something. Yeah, I remember that,
0: yep. Over 20 fantasy points.
1: Yeah. Um, so I then, of course, similar to Ramon Humber, jumped in and tried to buy him back again. Um, Hutch obviously willing to splash more. Now, Pete, you added five tight ends for the grand total of $0. Tell me about this.
0: Oh, Okay, yeah. I, a lot of people asked me about this. Um, I had no tight ends available, basically, for the next week. So I thought I'd just grab a handful of them, put in bids of $0, get as many as I could, and... Basically, as the week went by towards the Sunday, just culled them one by one as I figured out who might be worth starting. And it was on a Saturday afternoon, I was out doing my grocery shopping and looking at my phone instead of, you know, helping the wife and um, doing my life administration. And Brad Butler gets in touch and is making me feel all warm and good on the inside about the possibility of owning Jimmy Graham. Uh, so the rest is history. We made our trade, and I think I cut all five of those tight ends after that. Final round. Fight. Okay, round seven. Moment number three. Now Dove versus Maddie in what we've dubbed the dangerous love bowl. Now Carr and Cooper they've combined for ninety points in this game um, on a Thursday. So heading into the weekend, uh, you know Dove's not going to feel good about life. Um, but Matty manages to hold off Dove uh, quite well, even though he got 46 points out of Zeke.
1: Yeah, this one was interesting because, you know, we'd kind of been waiting for Cooper to remember how to catch a ball That's and right. for Carter to hit him with the ball. So, um, yeah, this these guys just exploded, I think, basically from, you know, two minutes into the first quarter, Amari had gone for about a 40-yard touchdown and it just kept coming all day. So. Um, I mean, you kind of went into, you know, Friday night, which is, you know, their Thursday night game, knowing that Maddie was on a pretty good base here to win this game. So big scores from Maddie, uh, 239, which is right up there in the, you know, the yeah, top scores score. of the league. So congrats, Maddie. And no slouch, Dove, puts up 196. So, I mean, most other weeks that 196 beats plenty of teams. It sure so. does.
0: Um, so un- unlucky there for Dove after putting up such a good score. Now, play number two of the week, our commissioner, our dear Hacho, he has started to make a bit of a habit on making it rain on safeties that go on to do nothing the next week. So we spoke earlier about Ron Parker. This week it was Justin Simmons who scored just three points after Hacho made it rain with $30.
1: Yeah, Hacho, so wow, $57 in the season on safeties that have let you down immediately the week after. And now you're broke, bro. Um, and we're at round seven. What are you going to do for for bids going forward, yeah, man? So halfway through
0: the season, and our commissioner is broke, and um, he's actually been quite creative here. He's made a trade. He's uh traded thirty dollars of chip, chips, big bid dollars, and he's given chips around six. So I actually like this deal. I think it's very creative. Uh, chips had money to burn, and this this allows Hutcher to get back into the bidding game
1: yeah so i had never really thought of doing this thing myself but um like you say it works man chips had a bit of cash there he had nearly 150 bucks that he obviously was not using because he's got a team full of guys that are you know comfortably performing week to week so for hutch to pass off around 6 for 30 bucks um Yeah, it makes the birthday trade look different, though, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, We'll get to that later. We'll we'll update you on
0: the birthday love a little shortly after this. Um, Now, the the top play of the week, I guess, we're halfway through the season. We're doing our recap. Uh, So we have to mention you here that after seven rounds, you're undefeated.
1: Yeah, Uh, not where I expected to be. I always thought I had a a pretty strong team this year and obviously was caught a fair bit of flack after the the first podcast of the year for talking about my team. Well you Um, put yourself number two on the
0: power rankings. I did
1: yeah I had Shane above me but yeah obviously my guys are firing and look a loss is going to come I don't think that I will be undefeated for the entire season whether it's buys or whether it's a scheduling defeat I don't know I genuinely think that um, you know, one of the next two weeks will be my my first loss of the season, and I'm ready for that. It's going to be a hard loss to take because once you win seven, you you feel like you just want to keep on winning. But um, yeah, well, we're, we're coming no, for you. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, it's no fun for the league if one dude's just winning every week. So yeah, so guys out there in the dreadlock dynasty,
0: look when you play Brad, focus on destroying him. We have to take him down. I'm not going to allow it. <laughs> Alright, now we also have two winless souls halfway through the year, so let's pour a little liquor for our buddy Brad Butler and our poor old soul Geordie. Now, to make matters worse for Brad Butler, while he's staring at that number one draft pick for next season, he doesn't own his draft pick. So to refresh everyone's memory, back in July, Brad Butler has traded Golden Tate and his 2018 first round pick in exchange for Donta Moncrief, 2018 round two pick. And uh, with Blake, so how do you think Blake's feeling right now?
1: Blakey, um, in the hot seat, buddy. So you could be looking at picking up Saquon Barkley or anybody else who jumps out of the ground between now and um, draft time. But yeah, wow, that's that's um good for Blake. It's, yeah, I think uh, he owns three
0: first round draft picks next season so as well. Yeah, all so right,
1: so he's doing what Shane did last year. So all that's for twenty eighteen. Nice move there, and you know Blake's not a slouch in this year's league either. So. So there you go. Uh, now the wind injuries. What happened in week seven? More quarterback problems. So uh, Carson Palmer, broken left arm for, you guessed it, Brad Butler. Do you feel unlucky? Now he's pretty much, um, I think they're suggesting he's probably gone for the year, but it's another okay. one for Brad. So he's now looking at starting Jacoby Brissett week to week. All right, so. that, is,
0: that is unlucky for Brad because um, as you sent me Matt Ryan the week before,
1: uh, I sent him... Andrew Luck with Brissett. Yeah. So, um, it's just not his year this it's year. Just, it's um, and it happens. Yeah, it does. That's fantasy for you. Jay Cutler also out for, for me. Not that it's a huge big deal with um, having Brady there as my week-to-week starter, but Cutler is looking to be back next week, which gets him back in time for the Pats-by, so not the worst. And Dan Bailey. Um, Cowboy's kicker, so he's usually rock solid this guy, but he's he's done his groin, so.
0: Yeah, so this injury happened during the game, um, so it's always quite funny when kickers uh, get hurt. Yeah, uh, yeah. Particularly for us Aussies that, you know, we, we play Aussie rules and rugby league where, you know, we're, we're a bit tougher stereotypically than the kickers we like to pretend at least. Definitely. Um, so Dallas handed their kicking duties to Jeff Heath. He went on to kick two for three extra points in this game, which yeah. is not a bad effort, you know.
1: Um, perhaps better than Roberto Aguayo. Well, he's he's well ahead of Aguayo and uh, Hutch's man, Youngho Koo. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, look, interesting that they offered for a safety, but that, he was a special teamer um, prior to being pulled into the safety role for Dallas, yeah. so you know, I guess that makes sense. And now, I noticed you picked up Heath this week and have dropped him. Did you pick him up? because of
0: his potential kicking duties, or...?
1: Uh, I picked him up just on the sh- on the face of the fact that I had a few guys on by, I needed a safety, and okay. for the fact that there might have been a chance he would have had the kicking duties right. again, but I saw they activated somebody else as a kicker, so... Okay. Um, Was it a young ho? No. Although I did see this morning that the Chargers have once again worked out young ho. So okay. well, even well. though they cut him back to the, you know, this whatever, the practice squad or something, they've worked him out again, so... Hmm. Um, Battered wife syndrome there for the Chargers. Can't keep a young hoe down.
0: (laughs) Well done. All right. Now, there were no real big spenders after Week 7. However, you've made it splash on my man Terrence Mitchell. $17.
1: Yeah, so, again, one of these cornerbacks that... I think you had him a couple of weeks back and dropped him. I did. In. I picked him
0: up and he had an absolute stinker and I dropped him purely based on the fact he scored rubbish for me.
1: And then I think he's gone on to score pretty well against He's since. gone back to his good scoring ways. So he might be like um, my Cameron Haywood curse for you. If I, if I start Cameron Haywood, he struggles to put up more than three points, but as soon as anybody else starts him, he puts up you know 15 to 20. So Yeah, look, um, I've got a couple of my defensive backs on bye this week so unfortunately I'm looking at playing some cornerbacks um, out of no choice so as we mentioned if you find the right week um, they can go large exactly and I figure you know I needed to get this guy he's clearly um, leagues ahead of who else is on the roster uh, the waivers there at cornerback so why not so that wraps up the first seven weeks of the season it does halfway through boys Um, good luck for the rest of the season it's, um yeah, it's it's been interesting and, you know, we look forward to wrapping up the, you know, the final seven weeks and the, the next podcast. But a few other bits and pieces to talk about first, Pete.
0: Yep. All right. Let's have a look at the relegation and promotion battles. So who are the rude boys in danger of facing relegation and becoming a salty boogie-yaggle boy?
1: Yeah, so um, guys on two wins. That's... Danger Zone, Maddie and Blake McAttack. Whether they're scheduling defeats or just, you know, just not having the firepower this year to put up the numbers, they're in real danger of, of being relegated to the Salty Bugu Yaga division. <laughs> and... This one's a real surprise to me and probably again some scheduling defeats here, but Permian Panthers, Dan, he's on one win, yep. um, I would not have picked that based on his roster at the start of the year. Yeah, well head to head last year he
0: finished first, Yeah. Um, so from one extreme to the other for poor old Dan and potentially a salty Boogaljaga boy next season. Uh, now who are the wannabe rude
1: boys that are on the edge of getting promoted? Yeah, so there's uh, three guys here that I think, you know, are very much ready to be promoted, and I would be surprised if they're not. That's the Doveboat. Um, he's cruising along nicely with five wins, as we touched on earlier. Chips, who has exploded out of nowhere. Uh, his squad is very ready to be promoted. And Rambro's chipping away nicely up there as well, so... Uh, Rambo is kind of flying under the radar. He is, I think. Yeah. We haven't
0: spoken a great deal about him, but he's um, been putting up consistent scores and just, as you say, under the radar, just taking care of business. Yeah. Uh, so watch out for him in the playoffs, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. Have you played s- him yet? I did. Okay. Yeah, we mentioned that earlier. He scored 200 and I um, oh, yeah. okay. Put, okay. He, put him away. So we'll cut that bit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, now, Rihanna. Our dear Rihanna, she has a message for the Rude Boys.
1: Oh, um, Riri. Take it away, Riri. Come on, Rude Boy, boy, can you get it up? Come on, Rude Boy, boy, it's your big enough. Take it, take yeah. it, baby, baby. Yeah. Take it, take it. Yeah. Love, me, love, me. Yeah. love me, love me, love me, love me, love me, love me,
0: Whew. Thank you, Rihanna. Take, take it, wow. All right. Baby, baby. Now, we're going to talk about the power movers and shakers. Who's oh, wow. up? Who's down? Now, the power rankings for mid-season, we've determined this in the same way that the draft order basically gets sorted. So we're looking at reverse points, basically. Um, not bench points, starting points. Yep. So who comes in at the basement number 14?
1: All right. Cellar dweller at this point in time and looking good for the 101 in the 2018 draft is my ball, Zach Ertz. He's dropped two places on his Start of season rankings. All right, so number
0: 13, uh, do you feel lucky? We've spoken about the the misery for poor Brad Butler in this pod, so he's actually slipped seven points in the power rankings.
1: All right, coming in at number 12, uh, the Kamish Hutch Yarravillans. He's actually climbed a spot.
0: Uh, Danger Zone comes in at number 11,
1: he's slipped down two points. Number ten, Jr rush Hour. He's actually climbed four places, which is quite notable. Rush
0: hour on the rise. good stuff now. Number nine, we've got Shane trapped under ice, um, one of the biggest fallers in the power rankings. Uh, he's slipped eight points from initially being
1: first. Yeah, ouch, like that's brutal, and you know you, you look there and he's actually had four wins still, but um, you know some pretty disastrous injuries for him this year. Coming in at number 8, Permian Panthers and Dan, who has also slipped the place. Yes, and his season average may actually be inflated by that whopping
0: 263-point effort. Yeah, indeed. It just all came together for him that week. So, yeah, Dan with one win, but he's actually ranked 8th in power. Yep. So, yeah, that head-to-head can really make an impact. Now, at number 7, the enforcers are up five
1: spots. Yeah, now we touched on this earlier for Clint. He's really on the rise. He's had some um, surprise heroes show up this season. So whilst ever Houston continues their run, uh, he's going to be there knocking on the door. So, All right, coming in one above him is the Doveboat, who has also climbed four places. So, Yeah, this, this
0: patch of the power rankings, everyone's on the rise. So number five, we've got Laurie Beard. He's up three spots.
1: Yeah, very good. And then above him we've got Blake, attack Mustangs, who's climbed a place on the preseason rankings. Yeah, interesting to note here, poor Blake has um, only two wins. Two wins, but he's, um, his season average is 186 points. Wow, so that's um, huge. That, that shows you the scheduling problems.
0: Yeah, so if he falls into the um, best of the rest, um, he, he could yeah, clean everyone up. Yeah, and <laughs> then take the top number one draft pick as well. Ooh, good on you, Blake. So, rank number three, we've got Ben Campbell,
1: who doesn't go up or down. So, your power rankings are perfect. (laughs) The one and only. uh, The one and only power ranking that's actually where we had it to be. So, good job, Benny. Um, You've made me look like I had some idea of what I was talking about. (laughs) Number two, Mr. Cool Runnings, Petey, sitting right beside me. You've moved up two places and you've got an average of 194 on the season and six wins. So Yeah, not bad. Um, similar to Dan, though, I think my average is inflated
0: massively by my 265-point week.
1: Yeah, I think that definitely um, helped bump it up a bit. Yeah,
0: um, but I am sitting on six wins, I believe, yeah, at this stage. Yep. Uh, so that brings us to number one, trading day, up one spot, top of the power rankings mid-season.
1: Power. I won't go on about it, happy no, to be stop, there.
0: stop talking now, um, I'll <laughs> go on about it, or everyone will complain about you talking about yourself. Exactly. So, through seven games, um, you're, you're averaging 210 points a game. So that's 16 points per game more than the next person, and you're undefeated. So, I don't think anyone can really argue that you've got the most power. Um, yep. Some might just for a bit of banter, sake. yeah, yeah,
1: uh, and fair enough. Yeah, fair call. Yeah, bring it on. That's um, you know that's what it's
0: all about. Yeah, so so good on you. Thanks, man. Um, but you know, there's only one way from the top. There is. That's <laughs> right, and I'm
1: waiting for it to start.
0: <laughs> all right, so there you have it, the mid-season power rankings. And while we're on the subject, we'll go straight to the birthday trade. Now, just to recap, everyone here, uh, Blake and Julian swapped round four picks. Uh, so this was for Julian's birthday. Blake is
1: a nice guy, you know. He's giving. Yeah, he's a good guy. He knows he's got um, you know the, you know the, the round one next year of Brad Butler. Yeah. So he's probably feeling a little bit comfortable about trading away his later round picks. Yeah. So he's he's generous. He he gives to charity regularly, and um,
0: Julian is the beneficiary here. So they swap picks, and the expectation here, of course, was that uh, Julian's pick would be worth more. Uh, so as compensation, Jr. receives two dollars. <laughs> So, the preseason rankings based on this trade meant that Blake would get pick 4.01, Julian would get pick 4.10 and $2. Halfway through the year, with our adjusted power rankings, uh, Blake is looking at the 4.05 and JR is looking at the pick 4.11. So, the gap has changed from about nine to six places. So, Blake basically moves up six places for $2. Uh look, if it makes you happy, boys. Yeah, now this is fun. We'll see how this lands and um, I'm really looking forward to the actual draft in round four and seeing that there's absolutely no one available and this, this trade was just <laughs> as meaningless as they intended it to be, I think, um, yeah, just for fun. So definitely. good times. All right, well the time has come now to get our buddy Brad Butler on the phone all the way from Melbourne. <laughs>
1: Okay. All right. Well, um, we'd like to welcome this week our podcast technical guru, Mr. Brad Butler. He joins us all the way from, I'm assuming, cloudy Melbourne. Um,
2: it is a bit cloudy this day. week,
1: Brad. It's a bit cloudy today. Same here in Canberra, my friend. Um, but welcome to the podcast, special guest number two, really. We've um, we've had the Doveboat on before, and um, this time it's your turn. So, welcome. Gracias. How's, um, how's everything going for you in the moment in the, the dynasty world, mate?
2: It's, um, uh, let's just say <laughs> it's lucky that this is one of seven leagues I've got.
1: Seven? Wow, that's, that's a... How do you keep across all seven?
2: Uh, with a great difficulty. Yeah. <laughs> Things do slip <laughs> yeah, through the I, cracks, um, I'm not going to lie.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I expanded to, uh, to six this year, and I think it's just too much. So I'm going to scale it back next year. but.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have a yeah, good just... hard look. I think at the end of the year, about which leagues I actually give a shit about, which ones I've actually invested time into, because there's a couple that kind of by default take a back burner sometimes. Generally, yeah, the yeah. non-dynasty leagues, I just yes. And uh, once you get that dynasty bug, redraft just uh, doesn't have it. It's not quite there, is it? No. Yeah.
0: Well, hopefully, you um highly prioritise the dreadlock dynasty moving forward. Um, I only do one league. I'm just you know. Monogamy, you know, just yeah, that's my style. So
2: I've gone full we'll, Mormon. We'll start
0: with some questions. <laughs> All right. So now you announced recently that you have decided to blow up that middle tier of your roster. So in the yeah. last twenty-four hours, you have traded in seven players, including two early picks. You've traded out four players and two late picks. You've also made a couple of cuts. So are you in full crisis mode?
2: Um. I think this year is a bit of a a bust year for me. It's just, like, I, I've, you hear all the, the great stories of starting 0-5 and then squeaking your way into the playoffs, but the fact that I'm already in the second tier down in terms of the conferences, I'm already up against it a little bit there, and uh, yeah, I, I just thought, I've got some... Some good high-end players, but my depth was just gone awful. So if I was a will sell off some of those high upside, whatever depth I had to try and uh, bring myself back up and do it next year.
1: I think, that's, um, I think that sort of showed when we did our early rankings before the start of the year. Like when we looked at um, your team, you know, because we incorporated some of the depth into those rankings, you slipped outside where people thought you should have been because you had a great starting lineup on paper. Um, but then you fell away a bit when it came to the depth, and then lo and behold, you got another buttload of injuries. Yeah, if injuries um, and
2: bye weeks weren't a thing, I'd be uh, very much up there.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> all right, well, that's good. Um, all right, so we'll move on to the next question, I think. So the worst losing margin record of 138.1, um, that now belongs yeah. to you. <laughs> Previously... <laughs> Previously was me. I didn't realise I held on to it until Hutch alerted me to it um, a few weeks back, and um, you've totally wiped out my bad record and put another like forty odd points on it. You're hobby. welcome. So, um, yeah, appreciate that, bro. That's um, you know the Brad's bringing up the stink.
2: like <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to bring it up on the on my computer here because I really wanted to see just what the hell happened. Because this, this is the problem with having so many leagues. You forget which players are in what leagues. <laughs> yeah. There you go, so week six. Yeah. By the way, I do like the new theme of Dreadlock Dynasty this year. It makes MFL look a lot better than it normally does.
0: Yeah, shout-out to Dan Kieran, who um, put that together for us. He, he did a lot of work, and we did a lot of testing, and, yeah, it's look, looking really schmick.
1: Yeah, it's very, very nice. It, um, it trumps a lot of other league pages I have. Yeah.
2: Um. Yeah. So just. Wow. <laughs> I hadn't really looked at the breakdown <laughs> until now. To be honest.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty brutal. It's um, it's not nice to look at. Let's put it that way.
2: No, like I was a bit unlucky. Like, um, the Mac attack has lucked into a couple of good players there with Jared McKinnon going full ham the last few weeks. Yeah. Definitely. Um. J he actually doing something for once.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so while you've taken the biggest um, losing record, while doing so, now Blake's got the largest winning record, so he's he's taken that off me, so good <laughs> on to Blake. Um, yeah.
2: That's Not been my, um, my problem for the last few weeks, is a couple of my scores haven't been gone off, like this 96 that you see here for last week is truly terrible, but I was in the, <laughs> the mid 150s, 160s for like three or four weeks, but I was just going up against 200 every week. Just
1: the yeah, the yeah. matchup defeats they're they're a bitch it's um one of those things you know you can you can still score well and you'd beat half the league but you've just got the wrong opponent.
2: Yeah, I think in one of my leagues this year I was the second highest scorer and lost because I went up against the highest scorer. That's yeah. always the worst.
1: <laughs> standard,
0: standard his life, yeah. All right, now so you sound like a bit of a veteran of the the fantasy football. So yeah. can you recall back who was your first ever fantasy football draft pick?
2: Yeah, it's it's going to be one of two, um, because I can't remember which came first, but one of the first leagues I ever did was about, I can't remember how many years ago it was, it was just one of those random pickup group ones for on NFL.com, yeah. and they had a glitch, which I hadn't realised until later, but uh, what I did was, okay, let's... Who has the most points? And this was RG3's rookie year, so what, five years ago then? Mm. Okay. So. Very nice. Yeah, and so, like, I didn't know about, you know, waiting on quarterbacks or anything like that for my first ever draft, but it was like week yeah. three and he was lighting it up. So I'm like, well, he's obviously my first pick because he scores the most <laughs> points. So, yeah, my first ever pick that I can remember was that takes us back. RG3 does, yeah. in his rookie year. I ended up winning that league because half the people became inactive after the three or four weeks. Um, because that's the beauty of those random NFL.com leagues. Unreal.
1: Okay, interesting. That's cool.
2: And yeah, my first year long one, so it wasn't just a random one, was again, because I hadn't learned about the whole quarterback late thing, was Peyton Manning yeah. the next year.
0: Yeah. Okay. So he would have been putting up some stubby performances at the time.
2: That was I bl- 2012, I think, was his record breaking year, or was it 2013? I can't remember. Yeah. I think it was 2013, yeah. actually. I think I got in that I year. Think
1: 2013 was, yeah. Yeah. So I guess that probably um, leads into our next question. Is that how you became a cult fan, or no. what, what led you to be. No?
2: I started following the cults in 07. Okay. which, with people do the maths, is yes, the year after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> um, but ironically, I hadn't actually known that until uh, a couple of through the years, and it was mentioned, and I'm like, oh, they won the Super Bowl last year. Um, I went to the okay. States to visit a mate who lives in Kentucky.
1: Right.
2: And I went during Thanksgiving and Christmas. So the rule okay. was, in the South, is you sit down, shut up, and watch the football during... Thanksgiving
1: yeah yep
2: yep so I did that and I'm like actually because I'm a rugby diehard this isn't terrible started to get into <laughs> it and then I'm like I should probably pick a team right and like yeah we're mostly Bengals fans I'm like oh that sucks yeah yeah especially then back in the mid-2000s
1: anything going for the Bengals is their helmets
2: yeah those are <laughs> awesome yeah yeah, yeah. yeah and they're like i like can i can you recommend me a team they're like oh what do you like to watch i'm like i like it when they throw it a lot I'm like well you sure probably like a sense. team led by Peyton Manning he's like the best quarterback in yeah, the yeah. league i'm like okay yeah, i'm going to choose yeah. them and just so i just randomly chose them started watching them and they were hell entertaining to watch with Peyton Manning at the helm yeah yeah and then That's awesome. the 2011 story, season happened yeah. and that was painful <laughs>
0: Good stuff. All right. So, last question. Um, would you give up fantasy football for $100,000 cash?
2: In a heartbeat. <laughs> 100000 in the pocket. Yeah, I'm, tr- I'm looking to buy a house, man. That would be a really handy deposit.
1: <laughs> that's a
0: very nice deposit, actually,
1: yeah. That's interesting. That's, that's a tough question, hey? Because, I mean, like, my God, I... I only joined Fantasy like five years ago, I think, and it now just consumes my life. Yeah. And I, I feel like I have nothing without it. Yeah. So it's like, uh, 100,000, yeah, I'm typically driven by money, but it's like, Jesus, what would I do next? <laughs> if the number was less, I reckon if the number was 10,000, I don't know.
2: I'd probably still do it, to be honest. Yeah.
1: I think I
2: would 10 grand actually, yeah. I've made about 700 bucks. In fantasy, nice. Because yep. my yep. so far my record in because I only started doing paid leagues for about three years now. So far, I win one league and come second in another league each year. Okay. But those leagues change every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good stuff.
1: That's good. Well, that's um that probably wraps up the formalities of our questions. Yeah. Um, I guess what's what's on the radar for you heading forward? You are trying to get some picks? To build up for next year and, and start yeah,
2: strong. I've been hearing some good things about the um, 2018 draft classed, class, so yeah. I thought I might as well try and go in on that. Hilariously, I'm very much in the running for that first overall pick, which I traded away. Yeah, yeah. It, okay, back yeah. back when I was thinking I was going to be a contender this year, and thought, oh, probably, hopefully with any luck it'll be a late pick, so... Yeah, you
1: probably you you were a contender until you know just one or two injuries and you know because I mean you could have traded in some depth for sure. But I suppose a bit of an ad hoc question here. Where where do you see who do you see in the final this year? The two the two teams.
2: Oh, that's that's a bit that's hard Um, because you're gonna have to throw out those outlier weeks. Like as much as Mac destroyed me this week, I don't really see it as a as a Super Bowl team.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, just got kind of everything fell right. Uh, Brad, of course, you are undefeated.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I'm waiting for the, the tower to fall. It's got to happen at some point.
2: I don't yeah. want to go through this
1: even undefeated either. I think that would be a bit, a little bit... I don't know. I would find that uninspiring on my own behalf. I, I'm looking for a loss at some point, so...
2: And if Ertz and Gurley and everyone... Keeps playing as they are. I really can't count out um, Ben Rambro. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Whatever hey, league he's in, he's weapons. always up there.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's got some weapons. I think. Um, for me with Rambro, it's it's because he's got a lot of outside linebackers. He he needs those like big plays to happen. So. If he if he he's the type of guy that on his day will put up a monster score if they all fire together. So and yeah, I can agree with you there. It's, um... Which
2: which in the playoffs is what you need to be honest. Exactly, and that's yeah, that's true.
1: what PD says. You know,
2: you make the playoffs and then you roll the dice. Yep. So, I um the first league I ever won. I rolled into the playoffs with Bilal Powell, and wow. some other second round second string running back, and they just happened to put up they were both PPR guys, and they just happened to put up yeah. monster weeks for three weeks row. I squeaked in on a tiebreaker and ended up taking out that league. And that's what happens sometimes.
1: It does. That is fantasy. It's brutal right until the very last second.
2: Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm testing out this whole if I What happens if I just get all the Colts?
1: Mm. We've often wondered about this whole, you know, like drafting pretty much yeah. an entire team and how that plays out. It would be good to have a league to test that in. There yeah, there's a
0: few teams. Um, we've got Dan Kieran, of course, with his uh, Carolina Panthers, and then we've got Maddie with his Oakland Raiders. Yep. And um, some weeks it hurts, some weeks it's uh, it's a massive bonus when they're all firing.
2: A uh, bi-week suck.
0: Um, yeah. bi weeks
2: seriously suck. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that old <laughs> method of just trying to get everyone in the same bi-week and then just eat that loss if you're good enough yeah. if if your team's good enough to win every other week. Yeah, that's right. And yeah, the cult That's a good strategy. With luck, have the ability to just have all their players be beasts. True this. Um, I'm really hoping for big things from Marlon Mack as a both Colts fan and I've got him in most of my fantasy leagues
1: yeah man he looks good Um, he's more touches not that that I want to talk about other leagues but um, yeah I I like Marlon Mack he's he's got some real potential
2: I think the Colts just really need to get rid of uh, Chucklefuck Pagano
1: yes
0: How, how much does Frank Gore have left in him? You as a Colts fan, you're a bit closer to the situation than us fantasy people.
2: I, the guy is just so solid. Like, he doesn't hurt the team. Like he doesn't have that breakaway now, but he is just such a solid first second down guy that I think if they can it utilize Mac to be that breakout guy, I think he's got. Like his contract's up at the end of the year, and to be honest, the way. Our new GM is playing. He's not going to be resigned for the Colts, and I doubt that any of the he would only want to go to a contender, and I doubt many of the contenders would really be looking for him.
1: I can't see him really getting the roster squad unless you know major injuries happen and he's you know sitting on a practice squad somewhere. Really,
2: yeah, and I doubt he would. I think he'd be too proud to go onto a practice squad. To be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, the, the only thing I could see would be something like like what happened to, with AP and the Cardinals this year. Yeah, definitely. I could see him go to someone like the Cardinals if they lose DJ again, and yeah. they've just got such a good run blocking O line.
1: Yeah, that's right. It just fits the situation.
2: Yeah, especially with his style of running being that real power back. Yeah.
1: Very good. All right, man, we'll, we'll probably bring this uh, segment to a close. Um, thanks for coming on, and, you know, thank you for taking on the, the technical role of the podcast for no us. No problem. PDF, the producing. I just, um, I just sit here and try to look pretty, so you just talk. I just talk. <laughs> can, can talk. Um, but, yeah, good to finally chat, and, um, yeah, thanks for coming on today.
2: Thanks. Uh, for everyone listening, please send me all your pics. I want your pics. <laughs>
1: Snap. Well played. So <laughs> thanks Brad. Thank you. No problem.
0: Cheers, mate. So that wraps up the podcast for the mid season review. Now I should make you all aware that we've got a commissioner pod coming shortly to give you all an update on league happenings. That'll be
1: good that one. Um you know, as we start to plan for next year, it's good to know if there's any proposed rule changes on the way and yeah. things to be voted on at the end of the season. So I look and forward to that. And just basically
0: to be reminded of a few rules. Yeah, um, definitely.
1: Because I think the trade deadline's moved and
0: uh, the best of the rest, uh, how that works has yeah, changed yeah, marginally yeah, sure. as well. Yep. And let's not forget
1: rivalry round. So we'll ah, be previewing that as well. Exciting. All right, and a big thanks and shout-out to Brad Butler uh, for his interview and for the work that he does as the, the technical side of the, the podcast. So once um, once we finish these podcasts, Pete does a whole lot of editing and then Brad Butler looks after basically getting the upload to all the different platforms and making available for your listening. So thanks, Brad. We appreciate it. Yeah, so good luck to all, and um,
0: thank you very much for Shao Khan for your commentary throughout the game, as we always say. Make the playoffs. Test your luck. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, bless.
1: And chase
0: Satan out of earth I'm gonna put on an iron shirt And chase the devil out of earth I'm gonna send him to our